You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. If your personality was split, which superheroes would you be made up of? Hey guys, today we're talking about Gwenverse issue two. It's the second part of a mini series featuring the Spider Gwen of Earth 65. One of my favorite new Marvel characters. We'll jump into that in a second. Uh, but for the for the bulk of this episode, the beginning, we're going to give you guys who this character is, tell you some about the issues. So if you're not familiar, you don't have to sweat it. If you are familiar, there's going to be some deeper stuff at the end. We have a special guest host who's going to dig into some how cool Thor is. So excited to introduce him to you guys. But first, just so you know what you're listening to, this is Systematic Geekology. We are the Priesthood Geeks. We're just some guys who like to talk about geeky things and, uh, you know, tie it back into some deeper theological quandaries. I am Joshua Knoll. I am a fourth year biblical studies student. And uh, recently I've been trying to not trying to. I have been binge reading the uh, Jeff Johns Green Lantern series. Um, I started with Rebirth. I'm in Sinestro Wars now. And Wow. Just wow. There's so much. I, I couldn't even begin to tell you guys what I am thinking and feeling about it now. So that's where I'm at. Pastor Will. Hey, friends. I am Will Rose, one of the co-hosts on Systematic Ecology. I am a Lutheran minister in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Tomorrow is the last day of classes for university students. So as at the moment, I can hear from my office window, fraternity and sorority houses playing play music and already starting their party early. So yes, it's the end of the semester. And um, I have a couple friends on this recording who allowed me to log into their digital comics platforms. And so I've been going back and looking at uh, digital comics from present and past, uh, no future. There's no future comics, but that's coming, I guess, later <laughs> on. But I have diving into the past and into the present. <laughs> and um, I've been having a lot of fun uh, digging up some nostalgia books that some of my first comics I ever bought as a kid. And then some comics out there that I met and pick up at my local comic book store, but uh, have been reading like Marvel's Amazing Fantasy which is like something they rebooted a few months ago that has like awesome fantasy-like uh, story with the Marvel heroes that are time-ported into a fantasy land. Yeah, it's it's fun. So that's what I've been geeking out on. Nice. Um, do I have on mine the the Hellboy comic about the uh, the haunted house? Uh, probably, but I'll, I'll go hunt it down. It's so good. If not, I'm about to get it again because I, I want to read that again. <laughs> Okay. All right, Joe. I am Joe. I am a broadcaster, podcaster. And uh, recently, my wife and I have been going back through DC's animated library and we're watching through Justice League currently. Nice. nice. Very nice. And today, guys, as, as I said, we have a special guest. We have guest host, the one and only Ryan Doze. Ryan, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey guys, uh, my name is Ryan Doze. I am also a podcaster. It's crazy when you get like a bunch of podcasters together. It's just like <laughs> shilling our own stuff and then like supporting each other on our own stuff. It's, it's fun like that. But uh, I am the host of the Across the Bifrost Mighty Thor podcast, which is uh, 
really I feel like my role here today um, with uh, Thor Gwen. I'm so excited to talk about her. Uh, currently, I am geeking out about two things. And I know you guys have talked about sports uh, long ago on the on the show, but I am geeking out about Milwaukee Bucks playoff basketball. Mm-hmm. And I am going back and I am rereading Steve Englehart's Defenders in the Ooh. Marvel Unlimited uh, Steve Englehart is like my one of my favorite weirdo like 70s 80s authors and so uh, he's just a lot of fun and uh, I've been I've been reading really old comics when I'm not reading Thor stuff I'm reading old old comics yeah that's nice uh, that's what I'm up to man yeah it's uh it's been a minute since I've read any defenders I, I don't know if I've read the older stuff so I might have to check that one out myself um I've also been kind of geeking out just on the fact that it's summer weather here in South Carolina, and I mm-hmm. love that. So, <laughs> that being said, it is time for our, our main discussion. The, the one and only Spider-Ghost, Spider-Gwen, as well as her many other personalities, thanks to some crazy events that happened in issue one of Gwenverse. Um, before anything else, I the reason we picked this topic, I originally wanted to do an episode on Spider-Gwen. And Will told me he didn't know enough about it. And I was like, oh, man. But then we had another host that was like, I know. And I was like, cool. And we just could not schedule it. We kept rescheduling it and it never happened. And I was just honestly heartbroken. And then Ryan on his Facebook, because I follow the across the Bifrost on Facebook, as all of you should. He dropped some of what he's been reading. And I saw Gwenverse and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this Gwenpool whom I despise or is this Gwen Stacy? (laughs) And it was Gwen Stacy. And I was like. Heck yeah, I'm reading that. And I just loved it so much that I was able to convince all of these guys to jump on here with me. So I'm super thankful that I get to talk about the Spider Gwen. Um, so guys, <laughs> who who is who is Spider Gwen? Does anybody want to explain this to our beloved listeners who don't know who Gwen Stacy is? Oh man, that is well, well, yeah, I mean, I think we start with like the multiverse is like super happening right now, right? Like we have a big movie coming out <laughs> every week. Uh, everybody wants to do their variant hero, uh, you know, whether they're a variant of a different uh, gender or uh, or hair length or superpowers or whatever. And so, yeah, so it's kind of like, man, that's the hot topic right now. And so everybody's having their different versions of heroes. And, and, and we know Gwen Stacy from, you know, Marvel Earth 616 as uh, the girlfriend of Peter Parker. But then there's another version, Earth um, 65, right? Earth 65 has an alternate version of Gwen Stacy, who she's the one who actually became Spider-Woman or Gwen Spider or Spider-Gwen or Ghost Spider. created by Dan Slott, I believe. And and then eventually, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Was it was she in was she in the movie into the Spider-Verse first and then the comic? Or was she in the comic and then oh, brought into Comics way, way earlier. Comics, okay, yeah. comics earlier, and then and then she made her debut kind of in the in the movie, in the animated movie into the Spider-Verse. So so yeah, so it's different take, a different alternate reality. Instead of Peter Parker getting bit by the spider, Gwen Stacy did, and she becomes a hero and has a long history of that. Yeah, my my introduction to this character was really interesting. I, as a young kid, loved Spider-Man comic books. And I had always loved Gwen Stacy, and I was part of this this geek group that was fascinated with the idea of what if she became Spider-Man instead, right? She was in the same place at the same time as Peter Parker. Very easily could have happened that she got bit by the spider. She was 
the only one who was either, depending on which story you're reading, as smart as Peter Parker in her class or smarter. And it was just kind of a what if she would have been the one who was chosen by Madam Web or bit by the spider or whichever version of why spider people happen you want to go with. <laughs> we were fascinated with it. And there was so much love for Gwen Stacy that eventually Marvel realized we have to make this happen. And then when they did, there was so much love for Spider Gwen that they had to come up with an excuse for her to have her own universe and also be in the main universe from time to time, too, which is part of how this story goes, where she has this device that lets her go to school in Earth 616, which is the main Earth with the Avengers and all that, even though she lives in Earth 65, where she's pretty much the only hero and it's all B class superheroes. Um, Joe, what was your first introduction to this character? Uh, my wife was super into this character um, before we went through or before we watched um, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I didn't necessarily get as I'm, I'm kind of the, the DC guy out of the group. So I wasn't nearly as well versed until I saw the movie. And I thought it was probably the best re-adaptation of Peter Parker that I had seen. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, what happens to Peter Parker in earth 65 is also crazy, but that, that might be a different, different podcast. Um, Ryan, how did, how did you become familiar with this wonderful character? So I remember back in 2015, when uh, Jason Latour did his five issue Spider Gwen series, I bought a few issues of it when I was, you know, picking up other books. And I was like, I, just, I loved the design of the character. Her, her design is so striking and different. It's true. Very Spider-Man, you know, universe inspired, but she has that sick hood and it's a mixture of white and pink and like dark, dark reds. Yeah, great color and scheme. Yeah, fantastic design for a character. So it kind of jumped off the comic stand at me. And Jason Latour did a fantastic five issue miniseries. And then he did a 35 issue multiple year run on the character. And, you know, obviously she's crossed over with Spider-Man from time to time. And uh, Will knows this from other conversations we have. I'm not the biggest Spider-Man fan, but I, I tend to like his variants a lot. And when Spider-Man got her own like ongoing series, I was like, I'm going to dip in here from time to time to see what Gwen's up to because she's just so much fun to read. She's, she's a really oh, yeah. fun character to engage with because she's quippy like Peter. She's intelligent like Peter, but she's got like an, an awkward edge to her. That's really fun and engaging. And I even thought like with the material we're covering today, like they captured her very well from the Jason Latour run that I'm most familiar with. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was a few years back. And then uh, sadly um, her series since like 2018, haven't been as consistent, but mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, this, this Gwenverse stuff is really kind of reigniting my, my love and my fascination with this character. It's been a lot of fun to dip back in with these, uh, with these multiverse stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's a great tie into jumping to this miniseries. Um, I actually uh, for for myself, one thing is interesting and I'm going to commit a bit of blasphemy for you guys. I don't typically love multiverse stories. 
I don't typically love cosmic level bad guys. I very much like grounded comics. That's why I'm a Marvel fan, right? Um, but I make an exception for the Spider-Verse. You have this theme of destiny of all of these weird, there always has to be a spider person because Madam Web is pulling on the webs of the universe kind of stuff. And it's always just intrigued me. It's not even that it's been exciting as much as it's just like so weird that it pulls me in and I'm just a weird person. Um, so that being said, uh, Pastor Will, break it down real simple. How do we, before we talk about issue two, what happened in issue one that set all this up? What what was Gwynverse issue one? Yeah, so um, it starts off um, in Earth 65 and it, and it starts off with, you know, kind of the basic friendly neighborhood Gwen Stacy spider woman who's in just a convenience store with her buddy and a really super like D, D, D villain uh, pops and uh, super villain, not even a super villain, we'll just call it like lame vision <laughs> is trying to like um, heist up this, this convenience store and she saves the day and, and you get real off the bat. If you're not familiar with this, with this character, you'll see that like, she's very much in the vein of Peter Parker that, you know, even though she does the right thing and helps out, there are, are her friends and her dad, her family still give her a hard time about it. And, um, and so she is, has this tension of how does she be a friend? How is she a student? How is she be a daughter? And, and be a superhero at the same time. So that tension on the line, on the web, uh, that uh, Peter, that Spider-Man always has and Peter Parker has is that. So, and then you learn in this book that she has this totem or like some kind of portal to go jump into the multiverse, I guess, where she goes to college so she can go back and jump in. But then they flash into this kind of many years from now, this, this if you start off this book with a lame supervillain, like the lamest of the lame supervillains. Now you have like the penultimate villain or supervillain of that ends all time, which is this villain called Finale. Uh, she's at the end of all things. And I'm not quite sure if it's another variant of Gwen Stacy or not. I guess we'll find out. I'm not quite sure. But like she, her goal is to create the penultimate meme that ends all memes and just blows everybody on social media and they're watching her mind. <laughs> And, and it's, it's so funny. Like, yeah, <laughs> like a supervillain would, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. spell friend without end is her quip, uh, which is one of my favorites. And and so... Um, you know, like Tim Seeley was just sitting there writing. He's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And then he just writes yeah, the yeah, best yeah. dad joke. All right. So that being said, um, Joe... Now we're at issue two. Uh, just give everybody the basics so they know what we're talking about. What happens when verse issue two? Uh, so basically, in a nutshell, we're seeing a uh, a time traveling buddy cop romp. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you see, Sp uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up and not call her Sp uh, Ghost Spider. I actually did not know until this uh, comic. <laughs> That I that that they had changed the name, but Ghost Spider um, and Thor Gwen team up uh, and travel back in time. But 
the two the duo is put to the test when they run into Captain America, Gwen, which was probably <laughs> my favorite out of the new introductions to the characters outside of Ghost Spider. That that was the main that's my main favorite one. But I really enjoyed the um, the introduction to uh, Captain America's Gwen. Um <laughs> And and they go to, they basically set out against against uh, Captain America, Gwen, and uh, ridiculous ensues. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I I had a lot of fun with this. So basically, um, I can't even remember the ridiculous. Is it finale? Is the name of this main bad guy? Yeah, all of the bad guys have ridiculous names. Um, their version of Doctor Octopus was uh, Doctor. Um, you just told me, Will. What was it? Cephalopod. <laughs> Instead of Doc- <laughs> Instead of Dr. Yeah. Octopus is Dr. Cephalopod. Perfect. Yeah. And um, it, it's interesting. So instead of it being a – I wouldn't consider this a multiverse story really because all of these variants are in Earth-65. She gets shot with a time gun as she's making this dimension jump. So all of these characters are all in the same universe. It's just different parts of her. So – Thor Gwyn is her pride. Captain America is her, you know, righteous part, I guess. I don't know what you want to call that. Uh, Wolverine Gwyn shows up. So you get Rage Gwyn. And guys, if I could, if I could split off my own rage and give him claws, a cigar, and just say, hey, bud, go beat up some bad guys and let him come back. I feel like I'd, I'd, I'd be really pleased with the outcome. <laughs> it would make sense for all of us to have a yeah. little bit of Wolverine in us. Um, yeah, a good way to like vent. Waiting just to come to like out. Split apart. Let your Wolverine self go do his thing and come back. Schnicked and you feel and better afterwards. Go to town. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so that being said, we we got we to gotta do it for everybody because I, I want to convince people to read this. And they're not going to read it if we're not honest about our feelings with this. So we're going to rate Gwenverse issue two specifically. Okay. Um, I got to tell you guys, I think I would have rated one probably like eight, eight and a half. I loved it. I really loved it. It was so much fun and it was it wasn't deep. And I like that in my summer reading comics, as I mentioned on our patron exclusive episode. I have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> there's a but, summer reading, Josh, and there's a like a winter reading, Josh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no, listen, variants. my different summer comics are stuff. light and fun and okay. my winter comics are like grudgy and we hate the universe, you know? <laughs> Lots of Batman then, right? Yeah, yeah. I got Hellboy and Wolverine in this come, come January. And then, you know, you get to like Jude and I'm like, mm, you know, some Spider-Gwen. Some <laughs> You're just reading like just light and fluffy comics. <laughs> yeah, seasonal let's see. Comics, yeah, uh, what is the most G-rated Superman? Do they have Superman just for kids? I want to read that. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm positive <laughs> yeah. that exists. Yeah. Yeah, mostly, this is my summer it's reading. Superman is that? <laughs> man, was issue one a summer reading? Just fun, light, bubbly thing for this Gwynverse. You were pretty issue enamored two? with it when we were talking about it. I was. I I'm still. I still am. Issue two somehow managed to keep that summer reading feel. Okay, but it got deeper and it got way more interesting. <laughs> so I'm bumping up my rating for Gwynverse issue two to a nine and a half out of ten. The only reason I'm not giving this a perfect score is because when I think of the things I give perfect scores, it's like Mike Magnolia's Hellboy or um, Ed Brubaker's Captain America. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't quite to that level. 
But wow. man, is this okay. good. I, I am having a lot of fun. High bar, high bar. All right, Will, how are you rating this one? Yeah, yeah. I I love, I mean, I, I eat up like multiverse and what if and variant um, storylines. The way that you can out of continuity play with characters and, and that don't necessarily have long lasting stakes uh, is sometimes refreshing to me. I think there may be at this point in the history of comics and cinema and TV shows, it may be overdone a little bit. Uh, everyone's going after that. So I'm, I'm kind of ready to circle back around to, to everything kind of being within continuity and not have the multiverse be kind of a cop out that you don't have to stick with the storyline. But uh, this being that being said, if it's, you know, if we're going to put this up there with summer reading and light and fun and the art, um, I, I will give it, uh, an 8.75 and the only reason I don't give it a nine <laughs> is because there's a lot of words. There's a lot of text on the page. And for me, I like to let the art do most of the work. So there's, there's a lot of reading and not that I'm against reading, but like there, there's a lot of text on the page that sometimes the pages get a little crowded for me. Um, but that being, that's just my own eye, eye line and eyesight when it comes to reading comics and, and preference, but, but yeah, it's super fun. And, and if you like these characters, like just fun comics, I, I would suggest this. Suggest this one hundred percent. Interesting. That's that's actually why I've had a hard time trying to get into the um, the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow series. But issue one was just so much writing that I was like, "It's summer. I can't read this. I need to wait till fall to read this many words." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till October for that one because it's a yeah. little bit darker story. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. And that's busy. And it's a lot of text too. I, that's a good point. That's a good counter. Like, it, yeah, I think that art there is, is his own kind of good flavor and Tom and Tom King and, and his writing. But yeah, you're right. That is definitely, um, um, time change, time change season. When you lose, you know, you'll gain an hour of sleep, but it'll get darker earlier at night. That's when you can do yeah. Yeah, when I'm starting to feel a little crockety, but I'm not quite angry. That's when I'm going to read that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, I have are so you able to much. pull yourself so together enough to... <laughs> so, first of all, um, like, Will is listening. You understand, like, you, he just heard you not speak glowingly of uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, right? <laughs> I know. He may come I had to, to your do it while we're recording. And rough you up. Uh, <laughs> he swears so record by that before comment. we talk, so I, I don't have to worry about him hurting me. Good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lutheran with pastor, the, with the camera on. <laughs> um, no, uh, honestly, um, I also love the idea that like when Josh goes through a stack of comics, he's like, OK, summer reading, uh, <laughs> October reading, <laughs> just starting out. It's like it's like if he held up like Alan Moore's swamp thing, he's like, mm, definitely the fall. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. but, <laughs> He's like, and I'll put my Calvin and Hobbes and my Garfield comics over here. <laughs> so uh, I, I will say this about the second issue. Um, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but uh, Tim Seeley, the the writer of this miniseries, I'm most familiar with him from his work on Nightwing and his like James Bond, Jason Bourne style Nightwing Grayson mm -hmm. line of comics, uh, which are just they're really like very uh suspenseful and quippy and fun so i really like tim seeley as a as an author if you're a fan of like gi joe or transformers he's also one of the guys that like held that down for the last decade plus so uh 
I guess a, a pre recommendation there, but I, I really enjoy this story and maybe not, be, not because of the plot itself. Like I don't find finale that interesting, but <laughs> I do find all the variants interesting. I love how they have superimposed a part of her personality on these heroes that already have kind of preset expectations that come with them. Mm-hmm. When we see Captain America, like we expect him to be virtuous and good, you know, for the sake of being good. We expect Wolverine to be a little agitated and quick, quick to jump into a fight. And seeing Gwen in those roles is just amusing to me. I, I find that so fun. Wolverine Gwen was was great. <laughs> the, I know we're going to get to like favorite lines and favorite panels, but like one of the things that I just loved from this comic was when like Sometimes I want to beat up the villains just like they like beat us up. But there's a voice in my head, like my dad telling me like, no, don't. And then you just cut to like, yeah, Wolverine Gwen didn't get that. <laughs> like she has no, <laughs> yeah. she has no inner monologue that is telling her like, do the right thing. And I, I love kind of the self-awareness of this comic. I think for me, um, I would give it like a seven and a half to eight. I, I really enjoy it, um, but there's just something about finale that I don't find that interesting. And I that's, hate to kind of well, end fair. on that, like that, like, you know, <laughs> that little like slide trombone noise, like whomp, like on the end there. <laughs> but uh, Gwen, Gwen will always make books fun for me. And that's why I, I still will continue to read this series and probably get a lot of enjoyment out because Iron Gwen is coming up. Iron Gwen oh, yeah. next issue. Yeah. Issue three, Iron Gwen. I'm. I don't even. I hate Iron Man, and I'm still excited. You know um, what? Good. It's good to know that there's another person out here in the world that hates Iron Man probably as much as I do. I I was too familiar with him before the movies. So all these people who are like, "Oh, he's such a good guy," and he does that, and I'm like, "No, he's not. He's a just straight up villain." Like, what are you talking about? Well, anyway. you, you want to chime in? <laughs> you guys are going to talk about how you don't like the Empire Strikes Back here soon, and I'm going to just leave. I'm gonna leave I, I love. I love. Empire Strike Back. My my problem okay. with Iron Man, it's I, no I think he's a good villain. Sure. I just don't think he's a good hero. <laughs> he kills people because, like innocent people, just because he gets drunk and has an iron suit. And I'm like, I that's irredeemable. Sorry. <laughs> you should read Irredeemable Iron Man then. Uh, I might. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, there you go. That's a good pull. There is. Oh, nice. man. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's one thing that I, I just – to, to reiterate what Ryan said, one thing I really loved was just seeing her personality split. What And what's the most enjoyable thing about Spider-Gwen to me is the same thing that I love about uh, Kamala Khan's Miss Marvel. They're just such relatable characters. Yeah. So as she's seeing herself, like different parts of herself act this way and she's reacting to it, I'm like, I'm able to put myself there in this absolutely absurd situation because she's so relatable. Yeah. You guys know how many issues this is? Is this a limited series or just kind of uh, ongoing five, thing? right? Yeah. I feel like it's in that range of five or six. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the mini. I love mini series. I like that comics have been doing that recently. I'm a fan. And, and at the end, at the end of like a limited series, you have like a perfect graphic novel sized little trade you can buy in, in a few months uh, after the last issue comes out. And I'm going to buy it when it comes out too. I've been buying these issues as they release. I've, uh, <laughs> And I'm going to buy it when it's a graphic novel, too, because it is 
It's fun. It's not. It, it's by no means Marvel afloat. I'm glad you're keeping Marvel afloat. Josh Noel single-handedly saving Marvel. You're welcome, Kevin Feige. Make sure you get hard times, man. <laughs> I, right you know when i got my captain america hat i had to sew on the patch because no one knew who it was so they didn't sell captain america hats wow and Grandpa, i what else for, was was it like back listen, then so let's talk about this comic for a moment what were some favorite moments in this comic one and two uh, uh issue one or two favorite dialogue panel uh conversation between these characters what what jumps out for you Ryan, would you you want to go first? I'm looking. I'm looking. Yes, for a I would love to right now. <laughs> um, so one thing I've uh, listeners, just so you know, one thing I've learned about breaking down comics with uh, with your glorious host, Josh Noel, is that he his sense of humor has really rubbed off on me when I like read comics now. So my favorite dialogue of this entire issue was as follows. Thor Gwen saying to regular Gwen. Is this what qualifies for a shapely hind in this era? Bah, the Odin's <laughs> daughter's posterior shall rule them all. And then Gwen Stacy says, I did not steal that magazine so that you could wage a butt war. <laughs> Best dialogue in the comic. And and Josh, your, your sense of humor has like seeped into my comic book reading. Thank you very much. <laughs> I... Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I can't take credit for that. I'm You're like, responsible. That's, just, that's not true. <laughs> I'm sure I could at least partially take credit for that. I, I actually love love the, the panel where they introduce Dr. Cephalopod. We've mentioned him a few times. It's their version of Dr. Octopus. And it's basically I I, like, is this supposed to be Cthulhu, but Dr. Octopus? <laughs> He's got like a Cthulhu face. And it says, uh, let's see, Dr. Cephalopod, real name. Cecil Cephalopod, occupation, actual doctor, actual cephalopod. <laughs> Cecil Cephalopod. <laughs> it's, like, it's just so silly. Like I'm like, this comic <laughs> is absurd, and I love it. <laughs> oh, man, I'm losing my breath. <laughs> yeah, just... and, I, and I'm there with you. It's like, that's why I'm in for it. They're, they're definitely comics that take themselves too seriously or trying to write a good, serious story. And then there's ones that's like, hey, we're just having fun with comics. Like, come on, we're, there's cartoons on pages that we're yeah. reading, you know? And so... Um, this whole Terminal Six uh, villain group is is fantastic, and so they have a villain. My favorite is there's a villain named Fossil, and it's just <laughs> um, just the skeleton of a of like a dinosaur. You know, like I don't even know what's empowering it or animating this this fossil around or whatever. But like yeah, maybe I missed it, but it's just around. It's called the Fossil, and it's basically kind of like a dinosaur that you would see like night in the museum, um, run around and going after. Her. So. Uh, Super fun. And I'm, I'm just a sucker for like witty, crazy villain names or hero names or, you know, I'm, I'm in public and I hear something I write down like, oh, that'd make a good villain name. Oh, that'd make a good superhero name. Oh, that'd be a good name for a band. That'd be a good name for a dog. You know, and I'm writing it oh, down man. all the time. But I think Captain Cephalopod's going to be the name of my next dog. That I it, it should be. Uh, when I finally own a giant octopus, that's what I'm going to name it. There you go. Let's keep those life goals realistic. <laughs> that that is realistic. You should hear my other. <laughs> oh man! I, <laughs> my God! Uh, yeah, I think my favorite parts overall have to be a the colors and the art. Like whoever does this, it's not the kind of art where I would be like, "Wow, that's a real piece of art." It's the kind of art that's just like looking at these pictures makes me feel happy. <laughs> 
That's yeah. super simple reduction version yeah. of that. That's what it is. Like looking at these pictures makes me smile. <laughs> and the humor, it's just, it is, I don't think it's possible to read through a couple pages of this and not at least grin. <laughs> like it's just, it's a very joyful comic. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like listeners need to, they deserve to know that Josh is grinning from ear to ear as he's talking about this. <laughs> like this comic clearly brings him so much joy and like his really joy does. is infectious because I totally get what, what you're talking about with the art. Like it just, it's just very like happy, engaging art. And I feel like that is very indicative of the story that Tim Seeley is trying to, he's trying to tell it's off kilter. It's weird. It's funny. Like, and, and, you know, um, I, I pity like some people that, like, I need some serious, you know, some real world stakes in my comics. And it's like, well, then spider Gwen is not for you because it is just, it is from, from, uh, from, uh, from beginning to end. It is just a lot of fun. And I think that's like a really important thing in comics, like to have, you know, your summer fun reading. Yes, <laughs> that's one where it's so weird. I love grounded comics. Like I love things that I'm like, like Captain America is my favorite for that reason, where I'm like, it's just so immediately relative to our day and time. But I also love when it just gets off the wall, out of pocket, crazy like this. And I'm like, <laughs> I yeah, like he said, it just brings me so much joy. Like it's unreasonable <laughs> how happy that this comic makes me. <laughs> Um, so Pastor Will, am I am I verging on idol worship here? Would you uh, you want to dial in? <laughs> no, no. I, I I think you know I'll step in as uh, you know the pastor of systematic ecology. <laughs> There's a couple of us in the group, but like, yeah, I'll I'll wave you and give you um, your absolution from guilt about idol worship. Now, if you if you like somehow you know uh, make a collage out of uh, cut up your comic and then make some kind of icon and like candles to it and then. Like you bow down to the actual comic itself and you start praying that Gwen Stacy visits you at night, then we're crossing a line. But in terms of the well, joy, I'm just going to move my camera to this side of the room. Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, no, 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 no. But that's a good question. Like, when, when do the stories become, you know, so much that like we take them so seriously that they become, that we obsess over it, that gets in the way of our relationships? Idol worship is just like idols are things that get in the way of the relationships that are that are the most important to us, God, family, friends, your, your, your vocation. So if things get in the way of that, then, then yeah, they become idols unto themselves. So uh, nothing inherent wrong or evil about, about comics and these iconography that we read and, <laughs> and uh, that, that we digest on a, on a monthly basis, weekly basis. Oh man. Well, <laughs> Is there is there anything else that you guys want to say specifically about the issue on the more technical side of the comic before we delve into some of the deeper ideas here? Or, well, I mean, I think even the funnest of comics and the most joyous <laughs> of comics and the brightest of comics they they still have within it a story, and and all good stories have within it you know tension and conflict, and the main character is is wrestling with something. So, when Stacy's wrestling with how does she juggle all these responsibilities in her life and whether it's friends and family and what makes a hero, what makes a villain um, are, are the questions that, that rise to the surface that I think are important um, for people that even as you're reading these kind of funny books, you know, or whatever, that they are um, still, um, you know, have within it some, some questions you go deeper on. Yeah. The only thing I would add to this conversation at this point, being, um, being a, an amateur Thor enthusiast, 
Um, I would say that I, I, I have a, a deep appreciation of the character. I love when they do this with Thor because sometimes Thor can be humorless um, and very, like, very stoic and serious and kind of the opposite of what we were talking about with this issue. And I love that, like, Gwen, Gwen just, like, adds some quippiness to him. It's probably as close to a Peter Parker Thor as we would ever get. <laughs> and, um, like, it, it honestly, it reminds me of Jane Foster as Thor. That's what it reminds me of. And I really, I really enjoy that. So uh, that's the only little Thor related <laughs> thing I would add in the end, other than go read these comics. And well, actually I did want to dive a little bit deeper in that before okay, we do. Awesome. I want to remind those listening that they can support us on Patreon. They get all kinds of bonus stuff like our regular monthly comic book catch up and a D and D sessions. Um, as well as uh, we've been doing movie reviews on there the last couple months. And Ryan is a patron. You get to join the ranks. I am. On one Ryan does. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, so patron Ryan, um, <laughs> we did want to ask you before before moving on, we have to yeah. ask, how does Thor Gwyn compared to classic Thor and Jane Foster's Thor? You know, we got that movie coming up. Okay. Where we're going to see Jane Foster Thor. We got to do this comparison before we do anything else. Yeah, so um, I will I will say this: uh, Gwen, Thor Gwen is so much closer to Jane Foster's Thor than she is to classic Thor to Thor Odinson. Uh, Thor Odinson is very he tends to be very moody and very emotional about things, but not in a funny way. Usually in a smash a troll in the face way. Uh, so. Thor Gwen's not like that. Thor Gwen is much more like Jane Foster, and I think that's maybe why. Way back when, when, when Jane became worthy to carry Mjolnir and become Thor, I loved that character so much because it was so it was different. It was fresh because she she would do these Peter Parker style dialogues during fights where she would be very quippy yeah. and she would have one liners that weren't meant to be like <laughs> tough. They were meant to be funny. And Thor has always kind of had these one liners in fights where they're usually meant to like build up how big of a of a of a god he is, how powerful he is, how great of a warrior he is. <laughs> and in the vein of Jane Foster, like Thor Gwen is the complete other opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> so she's a lot more like Jane, which is awesome. I love Jane. Uh she's one of my favorite versions of Thor. Uh and uh yeah, she's not so much like classic Odinson. But uh, she tends to she fights like him. I noticed she, she's she's really, really good at laying the hammer down. So um, some similarities <laughs> with uh, with Jane mostly that I really, really enjoyed in this comic. And I, I hope to continue to enjoy in the continuing issues. Oh, yeah. I think humans might just be funnier than Asgardians, but not sure on that one. That, that is pretty true. Asgardians tend to be pretty stoic and pretty serious. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've got a lot of godly stuff to worry about. They need to add a little mischief. If only there was a god for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just some low key humor while we're at it. Uh, low key humor. Oh, okay. anyway. Um, <laughs> what a dad! My I gosh. can't help myself, he, man. Did, I um, poxing. Would you say Thor Gwyn is more or less worthy? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a fun question. Uh, I think Gwen is worthy. I th I think Gwen is totally worthy. Um, all the things she's been through, all the things that she has done for the Spider-Verse and for Earth-65, like how she picked up the mantle of being the spider person of her universe. 
I think definitely she she is worthy to to wield Mjolnir and carry the mantle of Thor. Totally. Oh yeah. Yeah. And man, there there's so much other things we could talk about. We won't, but you know, uh look into how Ghost Spiders outfit works how our power works all of that stuff fascinating character fascinating comics highly recommended but you know what we do here at systematic ecology we have to get into some of these deeper ideas and we've hinted at this a few times uh, her personality was split between these different versions of herself throughout history because she got shot by a time machine gun or something crazy and wacky ryan talked about it earlier there's a scene where Gwyn, where thor gwen is talking about how mighty her pos what was it her posterior is her posterior yes <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it was a magazine where someone was dressed up as Gwen Stacy I guess or something along those lines um Captain America Thor saw it and was not pleased very not pleased <laughs> they begin to argue and our Gwen Gwen the original Gwen Stacy Spider Gwen Ghost Spider whatever she's watching them argue and makes this remark to herself about how it makes sense they would fight because she does have this inner conflict in herself where she is part exhibitionist and part shy recluse. Mm. Um, and that made me wonder what parts of your personalities, uh, Will and Ryan and Josh talking to myself, have you, do you have any parts of your personalities that you ever feel like is in conflict with itself that it's like, I'm part this and part this and it makes no sense. Uh, I can go first or Will can go first, but we have to give Ryan time to think. Yeah, I love how you spoke in third person there for a while as you're talking about <laughs> personalities. Uh, so, so that's, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And I wasn't even planning, I don't think, <laughs> but the, uh, um, yeah, I'll go with there. Like there's definitely like, I think about this as like, we're complex human beings and, and there's like, main will there's adjacent will there's will from when he was 20 years old there's will now there's like a, a, but there's still a red thread continuity of of me and who i am and and i love that ted talk my wife shows it in her education <laughs> education class all the time the the danger of the single story that you know when somebody hears that i'm a pastor they immediately have this thought of what a pastor should be but they don't also see me as someone who loves comics and star wars and loves to surf and and have a nice cold IPA every now and then and 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 is a dad and is a husband and and loves dogs, even Cooper, who sometimes barks when <laughs> he's not supposed to. Like I, I I think I'm all these things wrapped up in one. And so yeah, which which part gets the most emphasis? I put on my different hats throughout the day and lean into one or the other, which whatever role I'm I'm called to be in, like I'm definitely not my kid's pastor. Um, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm their dad and, but I'm also a pastor as I come to, um, that relationship. So all those are, are going in. So, so yeah, I, I think that's what comes to mind. And, and, and yeah, like if we split me up and all these different versions, I mean, there's a great <laughs> Plus TV show now on Moon Knight talking about those things, uh, a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, like the danger of the singer story, I'm not just one of an intersection of a lot of different things and, um, not, and sometimes those personalities go against one another. Sometimes they're in conflict. But there's that that passage But Paul talks about, you know, who he wants to be, who he longs to be, and who he's called to be, and the thorn in his flesh, like all, all those things that we're wrestling with the choices we make and who we want to be as a person. Yeah, this comic was uh, especially relevant to me because for my inner conflict, uh, sometimes I put on the Captain America suit and I am Captain America Sometimes I, I literally am Wolverine and um, all, all those things are true about me. So, no, um, 
in actuality, I, I, uh, my biggest one is I get called an extroverted introvert. Mm. And my, my thing is I, my big conflict is I enjoy speaking. I don't mind getting up on the pulpit. I've preached a few times. I don't mind doing public speaking. I do not like crowds and I do not want multiple people talking to me personally. If I'm at a party, I am in the corner with maybe one other person. And it's like, it is a very odd because I, I do have like that personality that would make you think I'm extroverted, but please do not take that as an invitation to speak to me. (laughs) No, but like, I just have terrible social anxiety and it's just, it's a terrible conflict. It's just, you know, that's part of who I am though. So. I feel like Ryan. sort of systematic ecology is, is confession booth time. And so yep. we'll talk about it later. <laughs> I just All love- right. So uh, Ryan, any confession? <laughs> well, I just I just love how how Josh is so <laughs> honest. He's like, I'm this, but I'm also that. But please do this, but don't do that. <laughs> like it just he's a, he's a he's a, a paradox of a of a man and I love it. Um I would say like what what Pastor Will's talking about, um, there are parts of me that are very idealistic and very aspirational. And a lot of times, like thinking about when I, when I read the gospels, the sermon on the Mount is one of the most compelling, compelling texts in, in human history um, mm-hmm. where it's, it's this aspiration of, you know, the, the kingdom of kingdom of God is this, it is these things. And when I read that, I'm like, man, wouldn't it be great? Like if all those things were perfectly true all the time and my, my idealism gets activated, like what if there was no war? What if there was no hunger? What if there was no, any, any of these things? And then the other side of me is the realism, the realism of like, well, we live in a broken world with broken people doing broken things. And even, even our best, our most, our our hardest work is sometimes broken and um, so I, I kind of struggle with those things, honestly, guys, like just like just me talking to you guys and, and you know people listening in like I know <laughs> I know what I would want to see in the world. But then I see the world and sometimes I'm just like, man, um, I want but I also know uh, that, that the world is the way it is. Um, and I just, you know, that's why I, I that's why like no matter what, no matter what else falls around me, like no matter what I struggle with with the church, no matter what I struggled with when I was a pastor, like I know Jesus is compelling. And I know, I know, I know Jesus is like the be all end all. And like, I know that the sermon on the Mount is compelling and I know the beatitudes, I want them to be true. So um, that's like, that's where I struggle like with the duality of like being a realist, but also being an idealist. Um, But I I don't know where I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I don't know where no, that's that, but yeah. So Jesus yeah. is like the alpha and the finale. Oh yeah. yeah. So pastor will, pastor I'm not will. even going to compare him to a good one. villain. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Pastor will bring, bring us home here. What, what is, I, I'm a extroverted introvert. Um, Ryan is a, uh, a, a realist, optimistic, <laughs> hopeful person. Mostly um, I'm confused. You wear 20 different hats. What what does these inner conflicts say about us? What does it say about the doctrine of being made in God's image? Uh, just, you know, soundbite, solve the mystery of life for us real quick, if you don't mind. Oh, man, the, the creating the image of God. Well, yeah, my, my, I'll under one minute. Yeah, well, that passage would be of let us create humankind in our image. 
you know, I think is we it is happen at the beginning. It happens in Genesis. It happens there from the start of the human story. And I, and I don't think it means that, you know, God uh, has a bald head and uh, two ears and two eyes and a nose and a mouth or uh, a bad you know, sense of humor like me. I, I think that what that means is God creates us to be in relationship with one another and in the dynamic and dynamism of the relationships we're a part of, even within ourselves, um, he cre- God created that to be in harmony. And so even we do live in a broken world, how do we work towards harmony within ourselves and in the relationships we're entangled with? So so we're, we're called to be co-creators and in a relationship. Even the doctrine of the Trinity um, is this understanding of God as creator, redeemer, spirit, God as father, mother, Jesus, Christ, and spirit is this web, back to the web, <laughs> web of relationships uh, that are in a dance of love that we're called to be a part of. And so um, I think that's what, what that doctrine helps us lean into. And part of us growing as humans is is growing into understanding what that means for us within ourselves and the relationships we're a part of. Mm. All right. Well, I think Amen. that's a good reflection time. Uh, those listening, I would recommend just kind of meditating on what parts of yourself are seemingly in conflict and, you know, maybe making some peace with that and uh, just resonating on Pastor Will's words. You know, I take audio clips of him all the time. I just have it constantly playing in my room as I meditate. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I could. I could. Now, I have tons is, of audio clips from Pastor, Pastor Will. Will's summer listening or winter listening. Ah, now that's a, you know, it depends on the message. (laughs) His book, his book, I would definitely consider more of a early spring reading. You know, it it, it ends with a happy note, but it's not something that it's a little too complicated for my, my summer. I don't want to think in June at all. I just don't want, I want my brain to be off. Um, (laughs) I think that's a, that's a great note to, to just go ahead and get into our wrap up guys. Um, starting with some recommendations, and Ryan, you actually reminded me of rec- a recommendation that I want to do. And I don't usually I'll do something fun, comic or something. Every now and then I throw in something serious. Today is going to be a serious recommendation. Studies in the Sermon on the Mount. Sorry, studies in the Sermon on the Mount by Dr. Uh, Martin Lloyd Jones. Uh, he goes through each section of it. And then he goes zooms out and does a sermon of kind of a zoom out version. I don't agree with everything he's ever said naturally. I don't with any theologian, but I do think this sermon series was really good. It's very long, but it's worth it. If you want to just kind of delve into the sermon on the Mount, it's a good read. Pastor Will, do you have any recommendations for everybody? Yeah, I'm going to recommend Ryan's podcast, uh, Podcast Supreme. And if you want to learn more about Doctor Strange <laughs> as you get ready for this movie, you need to listen to this series of Comics College and learn more about uh, the character. Yeah, we know from the MCU and and all those things. But if you want to learn about the source material, where it comes from, that is a podcast you need to listen to. Yeah. All right, Ryan, uh, you can't recommend yourself. What? A- <laughs> oh, gosh, I do. Hi- I do highly recommend me. I would give me a 10 out of 10. Um, so, uh, no, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Will. I really appreciate that. Um, that one's been a lot of fun to put together. Lots of exciting stuff coming up from Comics College. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, one thing I would recommend uh, that is not me related is for if you're a fan of comics, Go read 
anything. I mean anything by a writer by the name of Tom Taylor. I am like, I am like a, how do I say this? Like I will preach the good word of Tom Taylor to anybody. He <laughs> he writes amazingly fun comics, but also subtly insightful and very, very current comics. Uh, Josh and I and Will talked about this a long time ago on Across the Bifrost, that comics have always kind of had an agenda. And I think uh, today I was thinking about this um, and I just I kind of came across this thought that, like, isn't that a good thing that like comics have always tried to tap into the trend and the zeitgeist of the day? Um, and I think Tom Taylor does that really well. If you want comics that are written for, you know, 2022, and you want fun stories, go read a Tom Taylor comic, most notably uh, Nightwing or uh, Superman's Son of Kal-El. Go. I love go that Superman those. series. So I just started random bits and parts of it so far it's great yeah um so yeah that yeah, nightwing yeah. that night his work on nightwing is just like oh yeah comics and uh, yeah so we all, all DC comic now yeah, yeah yeah all art is propaganda right and will so, and i both you, second and third ryan's recommendation yeah absolutely <laughs> sorry yeah but, um yeah so uh that being said guys uh i co-host the whole church podcast you can find it just you know wherever you're listening now just look up the whole church podcast uh also on systematicecology.org, you can find myself, Will, and Joe under the host link. Ryan is a guest host. We don't have guest host page yet. We might, but keep looking. Um, you can click on any of our names. It has everything we do right there. Uh, Pastor Will, where else can they find you? Uh, they can find me in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So if you want to come visit me, I would love for you to come by. <laughs> and if for some reason you're a listener and you have a kid that you're dropping off to college and uh, want a free parking at our church? Come let me know. Uh, we have campus ministry and we geek out on things. So if you ever come to Chapel Hill, come by. I'll be happy to take you out to my favorite little restaurant, Linda's, or my favorite bar and arcade down the road that has like vintage video games and pinball machines. Well, yeah, and that is Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, Joe got cut a little early today, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say for him. If you want to hear more from Joe Day, uh, you can look for Buddy Walk with Jesus wherever you get your podcast, as well again as SystematicEcology.org has Buddy Walk with Jesus. And and let's say that we didn't cut him out of this episode. He has technical difficulties. We didn't cut him and edit him yeah. out. Yeah, he, just, he just he had to drop out because yeah. of technical difficulties. He was the real variant that we had to cut. You know, Madam right. Webb cut Madam Webb cut Joe out of this web of a podcast. Oh, um, <laughs> all right, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, so everybody, if you want more from me or you just want to chat, um, I, you can find me on Instagram. My personal account is I am Ryan Doze, and then the show account for Across the Bifrost is at Mighty Thor Podcast. You can go check out Across the Bifrost on iTunes, Spotify. It's a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great things coming up for Love and Thunder. Will Rose, who you are uh, very familiar with, his dulcet tones have uh, graced the airways on this podcast today. If you want more of Will Rose in your life, check out Across the Bifrost. He joins us for new comics, and uh, we have a great third host there that uh, his name is Faz. He's awesome. So, um, yeah, we talk a lot about uh, Thor Comics. If you're interested in that, go check us out. We'd love to have you. Awesome stuff. Well, guys, uh, again, you can support our show on patreon.com forward slash systematic geekology. Um, you can also go to our website like we mentioned. And guys, do, do me a favor. Please, please do this one. Um, remember that we're all the chosen people.
a geekdom of priest. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.